Let's Doing episode 107 with John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Welcome to the Let's Doing podcast. Let's Doing all living, all living, all living, all living. Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of Less Doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Listening Podcast. This is episode 107. Uh, and seven is an appropriate number, actually, because John Lee Dumas puts out a podcast seven days a week. And it's shocking how he does it. Uh, he's got a really, really great system down. It was an awesome conversation. We interviewed each other back to back. It was very high pace. And uh, I know you're going to like this. He's a very, very popular podcast, knows his stuff. And you'll, you'll definitely learn something from this interview. So as with last podcast or with last episode, this podcast is also sponsored by the Caltons. And as we mentioned last time, Mira and Jason Calton have been on the show before. They are really, really just a great pair and they produce nutrients, which is the only multivitamin that I recommend to people. It's a powder form, two-part multivitamin that really helps to act as sort of nutritional insurance. And I really recommend pretty much everybody take it. One of the things that it does that a lot of multivitamins miss out on is giving you appropriate levels of magnesium, which is great for heart health and calm and sleep and everything. So... The Caltons have been kind enough to give a free gift to anybody who signs up for a call about our live event, which is in May. So if you go to lessdoinglive.com, you can sign up for a call and mention that you found out about it from the podcast where we mentioned the Caltons, and you will get your free gift from them. And one of you will be entered to win a much larger holiday package from them. So thank you to Mira and Jason for sponsoring our show. Interesting links of the week. So today's interview with John, I already mentioned that, so we'll get right into the links. And there are just a few I want to talk about today. One of which is, it's not so much a link, but it's something I want to talk about, is there's a book called Oh, The Places You'll Go, and it's a Dr. Seuss book. It's typically, it's funny because for many, many years, this book sees spike in sales every spring because it's often given to graduates. And it was given to me by... Jay Abraham, who is one of the marketing legends of all time. And I met him at the Genius Network event in Joe Polish's Genius Network event. And it's a book that I have actually been reading to my son, Ben, every night, pretty much when I put him to bed, uh, when I get the opportunity to do that. And it's, it's a really special book. Now, I, I actually like Dr. Seuss books in general, but basically this book is in my mind, sort of like the story of becoming and being an entrepreneur. And it talks about all the options that you have at your disposal and how you're sort of the leader of your own destiny and that sometimes you will fail and then that you'll have to get back up again and that there will be people surrounding you who are not necessarily supportive, but then there are ones that are. And it, it's, it's a wonderful book. And every time I read it, it sort of makes me happy and it's, it's nice. So sort of a weird thing I know for us to throw in the show here, but I think it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You'll Go. And if you don't know it, I think you should try it out and check it out. It's a good story. So is it a children's book? Is that what you mean? Yeah, it's absolutely a children's book, but it's it's great. <laughs> it's really oh, great. Yeah, I love it. So I read it to Ben. You know, Every time I put him to bed, I read it to him. 
and I actually have it in my Evernote now, so I can just read the text from it. Oh, and wow. It's good. It's really inspiring. Really inspiring. So that's that's one thing I just wanted to mention. Um, okay, so there's a Kickstarter campaign this week, and this is a mind blower. Okay, so it's called Impossible. This is the first electric bike that legitimately will fit in a backpack. You can just fold it up and put it in a backpack. This thing is so cool. Now, I've seen electric bikes before. I've seen fold-up electric bikes before. And a lot of them are really heavy, really bulky, and really hard to ride. This one is actually like a bike. It, it looks a little futuristic, but it's an electric it does. bike. It looks very Space Odyssey 2001. It does. Yeah. Uh, it is so cool. Um, so uh, I, I think that this is, I mean, first of all, it's not that expensive for an electric bike either. It's uh, 430 Canadian. So it's about $500, I think, US dollars. And you have to see this thing. You have to see the video of how this unfolds and folds. And it, it's so awesome, I think, seeing Kickstarter videos that are done well. Because people, that seems to be like the, making, the make or break thing with a lot of Kickstarter campaigns is how good the video is. And this is a good video. It's really, really cool what they show. So this thing unfolds, the bars come up and like, I mean, it's just, it's really, really cool. So, uh. and, and the case for it, the carrying case becomes the seat. Like it's just really well thought out. So check it out. But what this reminded me of too is uh, last week in uh, two weeks ago in New York, um, I signed up for a, an annual membership for the city bike share. And they basically have put these ride sharing things for, for bikes all around the city. And this has been popular in Europe for quite a while now, but it's really taken storm in New York because oh, there's so cool. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, a bike there within, I'd say three or four blocks of where my, where our new apartment is. I think there's five bike stations. Uh, so I, I literally I walk out the door put my little tab in there, take the bike and bike on. And then you just leave it at the next bike thing that's right near where you're going. And honestly, in New York City, with the traffic the way it is, biking is usually the best way to get around. And there's an app called City Mapper. It's not just for New York. It's for other cities as well. But you say where you want to go and it will show you uh, for walking, driving, taking a bike and taking a train, I think. And it'll show you the times for each in real time. So if there's a train coming in five minutes, it'll tell you that. Uh, and when you go to the bike section, it will show you, you can choose your bike or a sit or a, a bike share. And it will show you where the nearest bike share is to where you are oh, and where wow. the nearest bike share is to where you're going. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. That's amazing. So it was just so convenient not to have to worry about locking anything up and just get on and go. And it's, it's a really incredible thing. And it, it helps you sort of get in a little bit of exercise if you need to, and you don't have to keep a bike. I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's just yeah. a, it's such a valuable thing that they've done. So I this reminded me of that, and I just I love it. So anyway, but back to the impossible. Got to check that out when you get a chance if you haven't seen it. And the project is funded. Yeah, so, uh, done very well. It seems <laughs> it's done very well. It's done like six times its goal, and it still has twenty four days to go. Impossible. Okay, so there is a website called Conspire. And this is a, it's really interesting. So you sign up for this and you put in your, uh, your Gmail and your link, LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff. And then you basically can search for any person or any company and it will show you how you can connect to that person within your network. Um, now, some like amazing people. So uh, let me think of some, can you think of some random celebrity right now, Felix? Anyone? 
not, not like an obscure one, but some celebrity. Um, <clears throat> let's say um, Ryan Gosling. For all the ladies. Okay. Yeah, Why glad. Not? Okay. All right. So I'm going to put Ryan Gosling in there. And so, uh, no results. Try another one. Try one more. Uh, Brad Pitt. Okay. Really? Really going for gold now. Okay. Uh, I wrote Brad Putt. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. There we go. Brad Pitt. Okay. So now I, I found who that it found who it is fortunately and i click on the person and now it's basically searching to see uh if i have any link to them so yeah so <laughs> this is really funny so actually what it's showing is that there's two people that are between me and him uh and i don't exactly know how it's basing this on like is it serious it, so you could find out how yeah. you can get in touch with someone right so basically and it's showing how strong of a link it thinks that there is really? so that's Based on uh, for my link to this person, I, I see what this first one is. It's basically because I've I've emailed this person several times, so it's showing that I have like a a three. It looks like a Wi-Fi signal, so there's like two out of four bars is my connection to that person. So what it's suggesting is that I could email that person, be like, "Hey, man, you know, could you connect me with so and so? I really want to ask him about this project." Uh, so if you're looking for that specific person, whether it's to do a business deal, to get funding, or maybe just to have a podcast guest, this is a really cool way to see what that pathway is, and it's not. You know, it's through friends and through colleagues that you know. So it's if you have a legitimate reason to contact them, it's a pretty good resource. Wow. Conspire.com. Yeah. So are you going to contact Brad Pitt? Uh, I have to think of a reason that he's uh, really productive, right? <laughs> he's got more kids than I do. So. Well, maybe he's just waiting to hear from you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just waiting. Um, so, okay. Well, there is a website called Print Hub. And the way that I found out about this is it's a new IFTTT channel. And that, there's a lot of websites that do this. And what it does is it allows you to print your photos. So, you, you know, you take your iPhone photos and you can have them printed as actual prints. But this one does a couple of cool things. One, it connects with all of your cloud services. So you can connect to Facebook, Instagram, Dropbox, Google Drive, whatever you want. You can just check a bunch of pictures and you want those to come to you and they'll be printed, they'll oh, be framed. Great. Yeah, oh, the framing uh, feature, that's not like that. Okay, but so this is where it gets even cooler is they have an IFTTT channel. So you can automate this. So you can say any picture I put into this Dropbox folder, send me a print. Oh, uh, or Yeah, or anytime I take a new, uh, um, anytime I add something to a specific iOS album or I take an Instagram photo or I post something on Facebook with a particular hashtag, Send me a print. Oh, the iOS so, album. Yeah, right. I thought you might like that. So this is really cool. Uh, I think it, you know, it saves you that one step, and then they just they just show up. So wow, really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, actually, I like the Dropbox putting in a Dropbox form. Yeah, it, that's a it's a nice way to to sort of organize a thought in your head. I think. Uh, okay, so I love food trucks, and I've loved food trucks ever since I was in. Pen- you know, food trucks, that was pretty much where all meals were eaten was at different food trucks. And there was the Greek lady, which made the best heroes. And there was this guy named Bowie who made these awesome uh, breakfast sandwiches and stuff. So uh, food trucks are great. And obviously there could be really grimy ones, but there are some really gourmet food trucks and people have really taken food trucks to the next level. So this uh, chef named Marco Canora, who have a restaurant called Hearth, is opening a bone broth food truck. So... If you're not familiar with bone broth, you are, right? Uh, not really. No, give us a uh, refresher. 
Okay, well, I know that Claire and Anna are because this is like one of their mom's specialties. But so bone broth is basically where you're cooking down bones for the most where stock is like fish stock or chicken stock is really essentially water that's sort of flavored with the juice of that meat. Whereas uh, bone broth is really where you've cooked the bones for hours and hours and you've gotten all the collagen and all of the 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 wonderful wonderful nutrients out of it and that l- literally like bone broth is practically medicine i mean Very you nice. can have it has so many health giving pro- properties and it's also one of the things that a lot of people don't get that in their diets sort of naturally especially uh, vegetarians or especially vegans but bone broth is so 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 good for you it's got so much nutrients and it. it's so nutrient dense and i actually have these things in the uh, in the freezer there it's bone broth from a company called the brothery but if you're sick if you're if it's flu season if you're undergoing any kind of uh, antibiotic treatment maybe as we talked about before like any kind of thing that might get you down or you just want to have that sort of invigorating pick me up it really is like life force giving so uh, but Basically, this truck is going to be all bone broths, and they give a couple of three examples here. One is a, a gingered grass-fed beef broth. There's an mm-hmm. organic chicken broth, and then they have what they call their hearth broth, which is made from two turkeys, 40 pounds of beef shin, and 15 stewing fowl. Really? <laughs> oh. So that may sound kind of gross to some people, but if you think about all of the nutrients that happen in that when you get cooked down, and they're not getting boiled out, they're not being evaporated. This is like dense, 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 nutrient, delicious juice, basically. Wow. So if you're in the mood for something different, and it is winter now, so check out their new food truck, which is in New York City. It's 403 East 12th Street, which is right uh, on Fifth Avenue. It's called Brodo. But if you're not in New York, then you can also go to thebrothery.com and they will ship it frozen anywhere in the country. That's what I have in my freezer right now. I have all these things from the brothery and uh, this stuff is just, it's just amazing. Uh, And you can make your own soups with it. You can just drink it out of a cup and you can see the gelatin in it when it's, when it's starting to warm up. It's so good for you. So Brodo. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, the last link that I want to talk about today is there's an article on Science Daily uh, the University of Bern is doing a study on a possible alternative to antibiotics. Now, we just had this conversation in the last episode about overuse of antibiotics, and this is kind of fantastic. Basically, they're looking at uh, engineering artificial nanoparticles made of lipids, okay, so fat, the so liposomes that are closely resemble the membrane of host structures, and these liposomes, or liposomes, sorry, act as decoys for bacterial toxins and so are able to sequester and neutralize them. Really? So this is pretty cool. Basically, yeah, so they're essentially making fake cells out of fat, basically, and these are going to be the sort of decoys that draw the toxins away and then they encapsulate them and destroy them. It's a very, very interesting approach to dealing with the problem of antibiotics and also as an alternative to antibiotics because this wouldn't be something necessarily that there could be a resistance to. You know, so if this if this worked, it would be it would be pretty special. They're kind of essentially creating like a honeypot for these bacteria so that they target them and not you. And oh. yeah, so they they did this trial in mice, as you know, they always tend to do these things in mice. Uh, but they the mice were able to survive fatal septicemia and septicemia is, is a blood infection so that's you, you if you get if you become septic you are 
in a very, very bad place. And basically all of these were able to, all of these mice were able to survive without any additional antibiotic therapy. So this is very, very promising and pretty exciting stuff. Well, that is. Yeah. So uh, one thing I also want to point out was tonight, uh, we're recording, now uh, this podcast is going to come out in a couple of days, but uh, the night that we're recording this is going to be the last night of the first uh, cycle of the Less Doing Bootcamp. And it's been an incredible experience. The next Less Doing Bootcamp is going to be starting in the second week of January. So if you haven't checked it out and you're interested, it's an eight-week program that takes you through all the fundamentals of the system. We've got some amazing results from some people already, and you'll be part of a community of people that provide support and advice on everything having to do with productivity and wellness. So you can check it out by signing up for more information at lessdoing.com, of course. And thanks for listening in. We'll hope you enjoy the interview with John Lee Dumas. Absolutely. See you next week. And now for Beecher Interview. Now I'm talking with John Dumas, who is the entrepreneur on fire. I'm not even going to call you the founder or anything. You are the entrepreneur on fire. What's up, John? Ari, I'm just hanging out and I am prepared to ignite if that helps. <gasps> yeah, of course. Always. <laughs> I, 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 so John just interviewed me for his podcast and I am pumped. So I, it's so funny because, you know, I knew what your questions were going to be coming in and it still was like, I had to think about things and it just, it, it felt good. Plus cool. I'm back at my standing work desk. I've been sitting at a desk for a little while and I feel much better. So first of all, how do you go from being an army guy to podcasting? There was quite a gap in there. I definitely <laughs> will say that. And a quick side note, I also am at a standing desk, which I love. I, I can't even imagine podcasting without it. I don't know how I used to scrunch over my desk and podcast back in the days. But yeah, that was my history, Ari. You know, I graduated college on an Army ROTC scholarship from the ages of 22 to 26. I was active duty in the Army, um, spent a 13-month tour of duty in Iraq, um, which was pretty intense. And then from 26, I became a civilian. And from that to the age of 32, I just tried a lot of different things. I tried law school, corporate finance, commercial real estate, failed, 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 quit, quit, quit. Like I was just, you know, drifting for those six years. But at the age of 32, you know, I was always consuming content, trying to read the right books, trying to find, you know, that spark of passion that would actually light something inside of me. And that was podcasting. So I was just a massive consumer, first and foremost of podcasting, you know, hours and hours a day. But I just kept running out of content. I kept running out of podcasts to listen to. That was my aha moment. I decided to follow Gandhi's great footsteps and be the change that I wanted to see in the world. So I decided to stop whining about running out of podcasts and just create a seven day a week podcast that interviews inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. Here we are, 750 episodes later, um, having won Best of iTunes in 2013 and uh, a lot of other amazing accolades and taking a full-time business and just continuing to have fun. So taking on, I mean, okay, first of all, it's an awesome background to, to get to this point and taking on the idea of a seven-day podcast. By the way, is it, <laughs> do you know if there's anybody else who does that? No, right? No. Yeah, okay, because the one, I, I know that, uh, Jimmy Moore does five days a week, but that's like almost seems like nothing because seven days a week. What does he do on the weekends? That lazy guy. <laughs> well, so there's a number of questions I could ask about this and I'm a productivity guy and an efficiency guy. So this is like my gears are spinning. My first question is how do you source that many entrepreneurs? You've done 700 episodes or more. Like how do you find the people? 
Great question. It was actually the number one struggle that I thought I was going to have going into it. You know, I, I hired a mentor, Jamie Tart, the eventual millionaire, who was a great podcaster. I joined a mastermind, Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast mastermind. So I, I had all of that in place. But now it was like, what am I actually going to do to find the amount of guests that I need to produce a seven day a week podcast? And I can tell you where I went first, Ari. You know, when I was back when I was an unknown, I would go to the actual website pages of all of these amazing entrepreneurial conferences that are happening every week of every, literally like multiple times a month in every single state all over the country, these entrepreneurial conferences, these small business conferences, these social media conferences. And I would just go and I would look at the speakers pages. And some of these bigger conferences have hundreds of speakers at a conference. And what does a speaker at an entrepreneurial conference have? Well, they have authority, credibility. They have the desire and probably the ability to speak fairly well. And they likely have an audience that got them to that place and that level. So that was an amazing place for me to start, Ari, to start sourcing these great entrepreneurs to become my first few yeses for my interview. And it was right there at my fingertips, at home on my computer, those speakers pages. Okay, so that's cool. So then you start doing these interviews and then how long was it originally taking? Because I know you, you talk, because I know you talk about how you were originally doing, you were learning the audio stuff. You were learning how to, totally. how to do all this stuff yourself. So how long did the first few episodes take you to actually put out there? And how, so, and how many did you have in the bag before you actually went on iTunes? Yeah, that's a great question because I knew that it was going to take me a while to edit, to do post-production, to learn how to upload correctly and schedule out. So I had 40 interviews completed, edited, and scheduled to go out for the next 40 days before I launched Entrepreneur on Fire. So I knew that I had this buffer in place. And to be honest with you, Ari, I've always stayed between that 30 to 40 episode buffer since I launched. So that if I take a vacation or like I get sick or whatever, I have enough time to recover and then to build that, bu that buffer back up. So that was huge for me was the launch with 40 in the can because it was taking me about 45 minutes to an hour to edit one 30-minute interview when I first right. started. But on the flip side, fast forward 750 episodes later, while you and I were um, chatting and I was interviewing you, Ari, just a couple minutes ago, you didn't know this, my listeners didn't know this, but every time either you or I stopped talking, I would drop a flag, either a blue one or a red one or a green one. And those flags represent, okay, that section's good, don't even need to go back and listen to it. If it was a red flag, okay, like I might have stu stuttered or coughed or maybe my guest said a swear word. I need to go back and edit that part out. So now wow. I'm between five to, to seven minutes to edit. And, in, and this is the complete process of editing, exporting, and uploading an interview after I actually had that interview. Right. And I want to get into that a little bit more too. But the, 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 but I still want to focus on this a little bit when you start out because for, I mean, I've listened to so many of your episodes, but for people who haven't been following you for since you, since the start, did you always have this format with the, the questions that you ask? I have always had this format from yeah. day one. You know, it was one of those things where I'm like, this is what I want as a listener. This is what I believe other people want. So this is the 
the format, the flow, the journey that I want to take my listeners through. And I'll tell you, it is shockingly small, the amount of changes that I've made from episode one to episode 750. There's a couple lightning round questions that have changed a little bit, but for the most part, hey, I'm going to talk about a failure that you've had, about the lessons you've learned, about an aha moment, about the steps you took to turn it into success, about your proudest moment, what you're successful at right now, and then let's hit the lightning round. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's amazing to have that kind of foresight where you actually have, you kind of nailed it from the beginning that you got a format that works for you because my format has changed, not dramatically, but it's definitely changed. And, and it's, it's been a growing process for me. And I know everybody says that basically you should get a several episodes in in the bag before you kind of publish it, but I definitely didn't do that. And (laughs) I've been playing catch up, but it, but it, it, fortunately it worked out for me. And and same thing, when I started out, it was taking about 15 hours of my time to do everything from the recording and the editing and the, the, the graphic work and, and coding and, and all that stuff. And it was just ridiculous. And now it's the half, I I don't have to do anything as, as, as sort of similar to your process. But before we get into your process, because that's, that's something I definitely want to talk about. I know my listeners want to hear about you publish your income on the website, which I think is fascinating um, because for, I feel like some people might look at that and be like, Oh, he's showing off, but I've never even, there's never even been a tinge of that for me. That's like, wow, he's actually showing that this works, that it's not just a hobby, <laughs> you know? So w- what was the decision to, to start showing how much you were actually making, which, you know, I, we can talk about it here because it's on your website, but sure. you're, you're doing well over a million dollars a year from podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll actually be over $2.5 million in revenue in 2014. And it's something that I made as, as a decision actually pretty early on in my journey, even before I started generating revenue, because I did not start generating revenue from day one at all, or even month six. Like It took time to build up my business to a place where I was even turning any kind of a profit. But to kind of take a step back and to talk about the why real quick, Ari, like I was struggling from 26 to 32. I was trying different careers, different jobs, different paths. And I was just feeling depressed and sad and just like really, I was really just misaligned. You know, I was just like, man, like I had done all the right things. And now I have like this degree and I've been an officer for four years in the army. Like all this should be working for me, but I'm just getting these crappy jobs that are just depressing and I'm stuck in the cubicle all day you know, talking to people I don't want to talk to about things I don't want to talk about. And so I was really, really struggling. And I knew that I wanted something more, but I didn't know what it was. So when I started searching and and looking on the internet and starting to find that there were entrepreneurs out there, this crazy word, entrepreneurship, you know, and there are people out there that are actually doing it, you know, just being just kind of like a practical guy, I'm like, well, is anybody actually doing this and making money? I mean, you can just be all smoke and mirrors on the internet. And sadly, that is always going to be the case. But, you know, I started to find some people like Pat Flynn is a great example of smart passive income. For over five years now, he's been publishing his income reports. And to me, that was like a lifeline. I'm like, here's a guy that can do something that he loves, can be open, genuine, honest, and very transparent and be inspiring someone like me that, hey, if I work hard and I get it right, I can generate revenue. And so that was such like a lifeline for me that I was able to jump onto and say, you know what, that that is going to give me the courage to take this leap. So that when I finally started generating revenue with Entrepreneur on Fire, I wanted to be that lifeline for other podcasters. I wanted to show them that, hey, there are ways to generate revenue with, with podcasting. Here's nine ways that I did it this past month so you can emulate those ways that were successful. But just as importantly, and Ari, we share these every month too, our 
failures, our mistakes, our missteps, so that you can see and avoid those missteps that we're making as well. So I wanted to be that kind of um, torchbearer for podcasting, so to speak. I wanted to show people that it was possible, that you can generate revenue through podcasting. Here's how we're doing it, and I'm happy to share more. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's going to be the torchbearer for podcasting, it's the guy doing seven episodes a week. <laughs> um, so no, and I, and I think that is really eye-opening because a lot of people start a blog, they start an Instagram account, they start pins or whatever. They, there's all these different ways you can make money now, but they don't necessarily know not only how to make money, but even that you can in some cases. And some people, actually, I'd say the majority of people probably do a podcast without expecting there to come any direct income from it. And personally, I just had my first ad on my podcast uh, two weeks ago, basically. So that was like, oh, a that, yeah, so which was a really cool moment. But my podcast has already returned multiples of value for me because of the exposure that's given to me and the speaking engagements that has gotten me. But I think the fact that you show that income and you're so transparent about it, it's just, it's commendable, honestly. So I, I, I love that. Yeah. So now let's talk about process a little bit. Okay. So you mentioned on the previous interview about sending things to your VA, but what does it look like? Okay. So you do a recording with an interview with, with, with me or whatever. And by the way, what is the, what is the program you're using to drop those green and red flags? So I record directly into Adobe audition. Okay. Okay, cool. So just because that's a really cool feature and, and, also, I'm kind of impressed at the focus that it must take from you to know if a segment was good or bad, like in the moment there. That's almost like <laughs> simultaneous trend, uh, interpretation. But okay, so you record an episode. What happens next? Okay, so I record an episode, and this is kind of one thing to kind of give a slight overview is that I just don't record episodes haphazardly. Ari, I have my studio days. So every single Tuesday, I am booked out with eight interviews. And this is from here until months in advance. So if you um, book an episode to be on Entrepreneur on Fire, the next open date is in late December right now. So every single Tuesday, I have eight back-to-back interview schedules starting at 8 a.m., going wow. 8, 9, 10, and then so on until until 4 p.m. So, sorry, until 3 p.m. is my last actual interview that day. It's a long day. It's a lot of talking. It's, you know, a, a lot of energy to, to give. But mm-hmm. because it's batching, I really do just, I can wake up Tuesday morning and say, today's my day. I'm going to tackle it from the beginning. I'm going to be done by 3.30. And I'm going to, you know, have this like these eight episodes that, that will be my week of entrepreneur on fire interview. So I, I personally, I love it. I don't think I could do a seven day a week podcast without having that system in place. But so then I, I do those actual interviews. I'll record an interview. And the typical interview goes about 30 to 35 minutes. At the end of that, I'm immediately saving that file and I'm going and writing the show notes pages because I write my own show notes pages because I was the person that interviewed you, Ari. So all that information is fresh in my mind now. I want to go and write the show notes page right away while it's still fresh in my mind. And my show notes pages aren't, you know, 2000 word, you know, essays. You know, they're short, they're to the point, they're concise. They really just number one, really just share the high points and the highlights of the interview. And then they also share the book and the resource and your contact information. So they're very helpful, but they're not meant to be a transcript. And so they're not. And so I do that right away. And then I'm prepping for my next interview right away, which is, you know, at starting at the top of the hour. So then I prep for that one, get to know the person a little bit, get their show notes page set up, and then I'll do that on rinse and repeat for the next eight episodes. Then my day's done at 3.30 as far as interviewing, but it's just begun for editing. Then I go back that same day and I edit those eight interviews. And again, 
on average, it's seven minutes for me to go in and to edit those interviews and to prep them for my sponsorship inserts because I have sponsors for every single episode. So that's just like for me inserting silence right before or, or right after what's firing you up today in the lightning round. So I'll insert two minutes of silence there so I can drop in my sponsorship slots later, you know, when the interview is going to go live. So it's really just this overarching thing of batching where I'm doing eight interviews now with the show notes page. And then afterwards, I'm editing all eight so that when I go to bed Tuesday night, I have completed all eight interviews for Entrepreneur on Fire, edited all of them, and they're ready for that final polishing of adding the intro and adding the sponsors right before they go live. Gotcha. And that's, uh, that's great. Now, one thing that I do want to ask you about too, is that you don't have transcripts on your podcasts and, and there's a lot of, not debate, but I mean, I've had talks with other friends who do podcasts and I do do transcriptions, even though I don't necessarily know if there's a value to them. And what was the decision there to not do transcripts? I think there's only pros to transcripts. There's zero cons whatsoever. The only reason that I don't do transcripts is because with a seven day week podcast and having to manage 30 to 31 transcripts per month, it was just adding a lot of bandwidth to my team. Not to mention when you get to that number, it does start to add up dollars and cents wise. Now, obviously with our revenue, we could afford it. And I did transcript for the first 75 episodes of Entrepreneur on Fire. But then I decided to kind of take them away and just see if there was going to be this major outcry. And to be honest, it wasn't a peep. So I was just like, well, if I get an overwhelming um, call for them in the future, I'll find a way to re-implement them. But I never have. I think there's only pros to transcripts. And if I was doing twice a week or once a week, I would for sure have them because then you're talking about four a month. I mean, that's too easy um, because it's only going to help you for keyword, for long tail, for people that, you know, I've had people that have contacting me before and say, John, like I'm deaf. Like I would really appreciate a transcript. And I said, you know, honestly, if I get 10 more of these emails, I'll probably do it just for that reason. Um, but it hasn't been that tipping point yet. So there's only pros in my opinion, if you can find the systems to make it work. Right. And okay. So I actually, I have this blog post that I did called the well-oiled machine, which shows my podcast transcription process or my podcast cool. production process. Yeah. And it involves Zapier and IFTTT and WAPWolf and all these different services online that sort of move the files around and get them to where they need to go. But yeah, I, I just, I always, I just always find that interesting when people choose to either have them or not have the transcription. Yeah. So, totally. um, Appreciate that insight. Now, what what else are you working on though? Because you have your you have your workshops, you've got your ma- you have your own mastermind that you run, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, what? Well, tell me about those. Tell me what you know. What are you What are you spending your time on once your your eight eight episodes in a row are done and all the editing is done? <laughs> well, what I think is actually pretty fascinating and that would help for your listeners because you know it's all about systems here is to talk really quickly about my other seven day a week podcast. <laughs> and this is uh, something that I launched about two months ago. So, you know, Entrepreneur on Fire. That's like my baby. You know, I launch with that. That's, you know, where we get a vast majority of our of our listens from. You know, we did over 973,000 listens in the month of September alone. We've done over 10 million to date. I mean, this is our, you know, this is our big flagship uh podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire. So I'm very particular about that. I don't want to outsource a lot with this because I really enjoy making sure that each episode is perfect. However, with my second podcast, Quotes on Fire, it's a completely different concept. I'm like, you know what? Some people are just wanting bite-sized interviews. So I am just going to go ahead and I'm going to start a podcast, call it Quotes on Fire, where I'm going to share one killer uh, quote from 
today's greatest entrepreneurs and yesterday's greatest entrepreneurs. Share a killer, uh, expound upon that quote and then share a killer resource. And each podcast is only two to three minutes long. That's it. So for that podcast, and again, it's de- I definitely want it to be good, but I'm not like just stressed over being perfect. I hit the record button, Ari. And for the next two hours, I just talk into the microphone. I have a list on Google spreadsheet where I'm just talking and I just share the quote, expound upon it, share a killer resource. Next. Bang, bang, bang. I did 45 episodes on just one audio recording this past Sunday. And I just export then that entire session, send it to my VA, who then chops it up into 45 separate episodes. He has the intro. He has the call to action. He has the outro, uploads it to Libsyn, the media host, schedules it out, and then gets everything ready to go. And I just had done that two hours of talking for 45, the next 45 days of episodes. So I was able to implement that and make it a very efficient way to share with people a podcast that they asked for, a smaller content, smaller bite size. You know, if they're just maybe going to wash the dishes for a couple minutes, like they want to hear like maybe a quote, there it is. It's there waiting for them. And that is a system that really works powerfully because I was able to train my VA to do things right. So that's something else that we've recently launched that's pretty cool. But besides that, um, you, you know, you mentioned my mastermind, which is Fire Nation Elite, which is a mastermind that I have just for people that want to be a part of, you know, another a, a group of entrepreneurs who are all serious looking to take things to the next level. You know, we keep that mastermind at under a hundred people. It's a closed mastermind. You know, I very rarely open the doors up to bring new people in um, because it's, a, it's it's an intimate family. You know, it's a we do a lot of really cool things together and we want to make sure that we keep it small and intact. Now, on the flip side of small is Podcasters Paradise, which is our flagship community where we teach people how to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. That's grown to over 1,400 members. That's generated over $1.2 million in revenue in the last 11 months. And we do a majority of our sales into Podcasters Paradise on our free live podcast workshops we do every single Wednesday at noon Pacific. So that again is just like another way that I've figured out how to really leverage and scale my time, you know, one webinar to bring in 20, 30 people, which is 20 or $30,000 a week um, in revenue just into Podcasters Paradise by setting up that system. That's awesome. So now in the last few minutes we have for this interview, the question I always ask people for the last question is, what are your top three tips or pieces of advice or resources for people to be more effective? Schedule once is my number one tip. It's something I couldn't live without literally. Like I would have to create this if it didn't already exist. (laughs) And it's just an amazing scheduling tool that allows you to, to make different links for different things. So I have you know, links for people to be on Entrepreneur on Fire and to book themselves there. Links for, for people to be to schedule me for their shows. Links for my coaching calls. Links for, you know, whatever it might be. My, my 10-minute blitz strategy sessions. They're all different. They take people down different paths, but they book it in the calendar. They send reminders and they give me all the information that I need. Skype, you know, 50-word bio, whatever it might be. It's right there. Um, number two is the Pomodoro method. I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. it. I love it. I have the little tomato timer on my toolbar where I can just click it and 25 minutes starts ticking down and it kicks my brain into a different gear and I just focus for the next 25 minutes Then the buzzer goes off. I stand up, I go do some pull-ups or a quick little kettlebell workout. Like I knock it out for those five minutes and then I'm back in my chair or at my standing desk because it is uh, up and down <laughs> and, uh, and I'm back at it. Um, 
now my third tool um, that I would have to say for, and this is sp- specifically for productivity. Uh, whatever, just to be more effective. To be oh, to be more effective. Cool, cool. Well, th- to be more effective, I would definitely have to say Skype because yeah. it's something that I just utilize every single day. Literally, I mean, it's free calling Skype to Skype. The audio quality is amazing. I have all my coaching calls on it, all my interviews on it. You know, people know what Skype is. If you don't have Skype, you can sign up for free in a couple of minutes. So that makes me so much more effective. The fact that I can use this free, great sounding audio service, Skype. Awesome. Well, John, thank you. Thank you for that insight. What's the best place for people to find out more about the entrepreneur on fire? Ari, all the magic happens at eofire.com. That's where you can sign up for our free podcast workshops that we do every single week. We have a free webinar workshop on how to create and present webinars that actually convert. And we do that um, once every two weeks. And we just have a bunch of giveaways and cool stuff on our site that I'd love uh, your listeners to take advantage of. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for your time. That's been awesome. Thank you, Ari. Take care. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.